Good morning, Miss Bits. Good morning, Miss Bit. How you doing? I'm doing pretty well. How about yourself? I'm doing great. And it's time for morning meeting for Tuesday, April 21st. Our sixth week. Can you believe it? <laughs> no, I could, that is absurd. I refuse to believe that. Okay. All right. I feel like you've got to be making that up. Right. <laughs> but to celebrate the start of week six, we have a special guest today. Yay! We have yeah. Kayla Wilson with us. Yay! Gonna, yay! <laughs> and I'm going to brag about Miss Wilson for a little bit. So we, around St. Anne's Belfield School, we call her the real life Miss Frizzle because she is a science teacher and she, number one, is so joyful. You cannot be around her and not be excited and happy and loves science and loves what she do, does so much. And all of her activities just make science come to life and make it so much fun. So we're hoping to get a little bit of that science joy and excitement on the podcast. And I just warning to listeners, by the time you're finished, you will be running outside and getting dirty and making something amazing. That's my, <laughs> that's my user warning today. Is that your, is that your prediction <laughs> or your I, promise? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Maybe a little oh. bit of both. <laughs> but first our riddle from Friday, a hiker went without sleep for seven days, but was not tired. Why not? Because he slept at night. Oh, oh. <laughs> or she either one yes. but yeah because you sleep at night and not during the day I think that one was kind of cheating so listeners let me know if you if you like that kind of riddle if, or if you want something different <laughs> knock knock he's there Abe Abe who Abe B C D E F G oh, <laughs> I had so many good things happen this weekend. I had to really think about what my something good was going to be for the day today. As you guys have probably learned by now, because I share my schedule all the time, um, I meet with the library interns at the beginning of the week. Every week we have our weekly Zoom call. Last week, our head intern, Angel, gave us a challenge to create fan fiction or fan art. And it's not something I've ever done before. And I had so much fun. I'm not a stellar artist, but I love graphic design. So I used my favorite graphic design tool. And I created a trading card to honor Crookshanks from Harry Potter. And it has like a gif of the cat in it. It has all these like Crookshanks facts and theories. And I had way too much fun creating my fan art for Harry Potter. I can't wait to share it with them. It's right after this meeting today. Awesome. It was share it with us too, right? <laughs> I will. I'll share it on the Instagram. Sounds like a good challenge for us someday. Ooh, yeah. How about you, Miss Bit? So I, you probably know, but I've been wanting a sewing machine for a while, especially when it does embroidery, because there's these cool coding apps that you can create embroidery with. And it's kind of ironic that I want a sewing machine, because when I was growing up, I thought they were the worst thing ever, because oh, I only saw women doing it, and I was a little feminist way back then. And I'm like, well, I'm not doing that. <laughs> I like picturing you as an angry little feminist, like, oh, I want a sewing machine. I'm not doing that. I'm not going to learn how to do that. So now I wish I had learned more, but we got the sewing machine and this weekend we got the supplies and I actually made a mask and I remembered some of the stuff that my mom taught me and I was really excited. And we got a sneak peek at her mask before we started recording and it is beautiful. So Miss Bit, maybe I'll have you send me a picture so I can share that too, because it, if you know Miss Bit, you know that she loves butterflies. That's like her thing. So she's got this beautiful butterfly fabric. We'll have to share it. How about you, Miss Wilson? Do you have a bright spot or good news to share? 
Well, you know, I think my bright spot today was my nature walk. I had to film my lessons for the week. I always filmed them on Mondays, rain or shine. And it was raining, so I woke up and I was a little bit bummed because I didn't want to have to film in the rain. But then when I got outside and actually started filming in the rain, I had so much fun. I saw lots of bugs and animals and the creek was really flowing. So that just brightened my day to be outside in the rain. And I, that was a fun surprise. And Ms. Wilson, that actually brings us, we have a couple of questions for you about playing outside. So that brings us to our first question really nicely. I'm wondering if you can tell us, are learning and play the same thing? Is there, can you look and tell if a child is learning or playing when they're outside? Like what is, what does learning and play look like when it comes to science and spending time outside? So they definitely both happen at the same time all the time. So I like to think of it as a rope that kind of is twisted, like those friendship bracelets we would make when we were kids where yeah. both colors are twisted together because they both happen at the same time. Even when I was outside today and I was exploring, looking for bugs for one of my activities, I was learning because I saw a bug I didn't recognize and I counted how many legs it had and I came back in and I researched it and I saw another bird outside that I didn't recognize and I had to come back in and research it and then I realized I didn't know that much about birds that were black, orange, and white that live here. And so I had to do research about that. And so I think there's that kind of deeper investigation you can do when you're outside playing and exploring and learning. But also, as you're playing, you're creating and you're thinking critically and you're problem solving. And kids, when they're younger, the more they play outside, the more they develop that grit, that drive that's like, oh, nothing's going to get me down. I'm going to keep conquering this. I'm going <laughs> to keep investigating. And it eventually builds, you know, they have a success and then it feels good. And then you want to keep trying on your next activity and your next project. So I think they intertwine just like those little friendship bracelets. They happen at the same time. That's such a great analogy because I can see it in my head. I can see the learning thread and I can see the play thread and I can see that sometimes they're exactly the same. Sometimes they're weaving together. Sometimes they're pulling apart. One leads to the other. You can't have one without the other. That's, it's in my brain now. <laughs> yeah, I, I uh, agree with that too. When I'm doing, you know, whatever age I'm teaching, like if I'm not having fun and the kids aren't having fun, like what's the point? Yes. <laughs> <You know? laughs> It's so true. Those are the, my hardest days as a teacher when at the end of the day, I'm like, I don't know that I had any fun today. And that means nobody else did either. You know, like I want to be the leader in showing them the play and fun. Mm -hmm. We already kind of answered this, but why, why is it important for kids to play outside? You know, there are so many reasons, but I find right now in this time in our lives, these uncertain times, I find that going outside, not only helps us develop physically, especially children when they're developing fine and gross motor skills and balance and mm. that sort of thing. And, but it also really helps you mentally. Like when I was bummed when I woke up, but when, when I came back inside from being outside, I was rejuvenated. It builds that grit, that creativity, that um, critical thinking, but it also gives you so much peace because when you're inside, sometimes there's lots of loud sounds from the TV or bright bright colors, flashing things. But when you're in nature, the, the balance is perfect with your senses, the things you're hearing, the things you're smelling, the natural colors you're seeing. It's very calming. And I think in this time where we do have a lot of technology, which is so wonderful and keeps us connected, it's also so great to go outside because I feel like I get that rejuvenation when I come back in. Does that make sense? Oh yeah. Great yeah. answer. I just love that you said that the 
balance of nature is out, outside is perfect for our senses. Do you have any tips for listeners who might not have a regular outdoor space that's easy for them to get to, like if they live in an apartment or a place without a yard? Oh my goodness, of course. So even just sitting outside on the stairs outside your house or your, the apartment building or on a balcony, somewhere where you really feel like you can use your sense of smell to smell like maybe that dampness after a rain or to listen to the birds or feel the wind blowing across. It's just, if you're in those spaces, you still can have that connection and, and have that sensory balance. And so an assignment I gave my kids a couple weeks ago was to find their sit spot, which is a spot where you go to that's close to your home and you can get to quickly, but it helps you find that place in nature where you can take that deep breath and notice how you're using your senses. And something I'm enjoying doing, uh, even though I'm not outside all the time when I'm sitting here working, making my uh, lessons, I have a huge window where I sit at my desk and I've enjoyed bird watching. That's something I've never really been into, but you can do that from anywhere as long as you have a window. And it's been really fun. And there's a really great resource online called um, the Cornell Lab has a bird academy play lab that really helps you identify not only the way birds look, but their sounds too, which that's something I've really been trying to practice. It's quite difficult. Yeah, I can't imagine if I didn't have a window out of where, you know, I'm, my desk is right at a window so I can look out all the time, anytime. And I can't imagine if I didn't have that, how my mental health would be. <laughs> when I chose my spot for my desk, that was the number one that I was like, I don't care how big it is. I don't care how loud it is. Like I gotta be near a window. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it seems like with so many closures and cancellations happening right now, kids are playing outside now more than ever. At least when we walk around my neighborhood and when I see the videos that our students are posting on Seesaw, do you think that change will be permanent once things start to slowly reopen? I hope so. I hope uh, the kids and the parents have really felt that to be an essential part of their day and that they'll continue to do that once school starts as like a thing that I used to do it when I would come home after school to like take a break before I came back in to do my homework. I'm hoping people have seen the value and will continue to do so. So yes, I hope so. (laughs) I love hearing about your curriculum, Ms. Wilson, because you're always talking about how it's just all about getting the kids outside and getting some dirt under their fingernails and like, (laughs) you can get wet, you can get dirty, it's okay, you can be washed. Some tips I might have for families is that I like to wear a long sleeve shirt and even if it's hot out, I might choose like a three quarter length sleeve shirt and then long pants or boots just to keep those ticks away. And if there, it does happen to be a snake nearby, boots are really helpful and protect your feet. So I always wear boots when I go outside and um, put on some bug spray every single time. And those are the three things I do, long sleeves and long pants, bug spray and my boots, and it helps keep you safe. And so it makes me feel like I can really get down and dirty and explore outside. And I happen to know, insider scoop, that you have a song about checking yourself for ticks. Can't you? I won't make you sing it live, but if you, I, I know you have a video. If you could share it and we could link it, that would be really great. Sure. I have a safety song too. So maybe I'll include that about how oh, to yeah. snakes and poison ivy. So our last question will lead you to our resources and our challenge. I think this is the big question. What are the best activities for kids to do when they're playing outside? And I'm going to add another angle of how much should be independent and how much should be guided. 
Ooh, I love that you asked about the guided part. As an adult, when you're guiding children outside, they shouldn't even realize that you're guiding them. It should be kind of secretive. There's this whole program called coyote mentoring, which that's the whole premise behind it is you're kind of like that tricky coyote trying to almost trick the kids into realizing they're doing all this innovation and creativity on their own. And all of a sudden, then, then they are because you've given them that slight little advantage by nudging them and asking them questions. So as an adult, you can encourage kids to like maybe walk through the woods like you're an animal. Like if you see a fox, you know, and you can pretend to be foxes walking outside, or you can give them a challenge of maybe building a boat out of nature materials or building a fairy house or making any kind of craft with stuff outside. And if you nudge kids a little bit like that and make it like a game and make it fun and um, imaginative, then they will take it and run with it. And then you can just follow their lead. And so my hope is that when kids play outside, they might have a little nudge from, from adults or older siblings, but then they just take off and explore all on their own, going on adventures, pursuing their wonders, identifying plants and animals outside. I actually recently foraged for violets and used edible violets on my husband's birthday cake. So that was a new way to explore outside. If you are kind of at a loss with how to get started outside, one of the resources that we have today is called 50 Fun Things to Do Outside with Kids at a, as a Family. This is in no way an exhaustive list, but I found this list from Very Well Family. And there are some that are really simple or really obvious. Play with bubbles, wash the car, try out a hula hoop, and some that are a little more involved and that you may not have thought about on your own. Play hide and seek with flashlights, build paper airplanes and see how far they fly, make homemade bird feeders. So if you're looking for ways to get started with playing outside to get that spark that'll get your kid kind of running on their own, we'll have that on our resource page, 50 Fun Things to Do Outside with Kids as a Family. Yeah, and the other one I found, I think, goes right in line with what Kayla was saying, sneaky science education. So this is from uh, Coyote UVA, science. a UVA uh, astronomer, Kelsey Johnson. And it's exactly what, Kayla, you were talking about, is like guiding kids, but very gently, you know, go on a bug safari, create a magical fairy house, uh, create a, sculptures out of natural objects, you know, just giving them that little spark, if you will. Uh, and then having them go. And there's a lot of other resources that are very in line with what you were sharing. Do you have a challenge for us today, Miss Wilson? I do have a challenge. Mm-hmm. And I really want to try this challenge myself. I'll ha- I might have to have my husband help me. So par- it's called the blindfold challenge. So what you do is you go outside and you pick five things. If you want to be extra tricksy you could maybe get five leaves or five flowers so that they all look and feel similar and then you bring them in you put them in a box or in on a plate and then you put a blindfold around your face and you try and mix them all up and then just by touching one of them see if you can identify them it's pretty tricky because you have to feel the shape of the leaves, the shape of the flowers. Sometimes you can smell the flowers and you can figure it out. But that's my challenge, the blindfold challenge. Ooh, I love how many of your challenges and games and ideas involve using all of your senses. Because that's good for kids in every way. And it's mindfulness and it's meditation and it's science and it's development. And if you're feeling things and smelling them, and I mean, you don't have to like taste things, but... um, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's that's very cool. 
And if you do the blindfold challenge, you can send us a picture of yourself being blindfolded or the five things that you collected and tell us, you know, what the differences were. We would love to hear about your blindfold challenge if you try it at home. So Mrs. Wilson gave us so many great resources. We are going to have the link to the Cornell Lab Bird Academy Play Lab. We're going to try to get you the safety and tick songs so you can enjoy those. We've got 50 fun things to do outside with kids and the family, our sneaky science education from that UVA astronomer, and then the blindfold challenge as well. Yay, this has been so great. Thank you so much, Ms. Wilson. Oh, so much great so stuff. Thanks thank for you. having me. It was so fun. You guys have a great show here. Oh, thank you. Before we sign off, we've got our riddle for tonight. What can travel around the world without ever leaving its corner? All right. One last thank you to Mrs. Wilson. It was so wonderful to have you. Thank you for all of your Miss Frizzle expertise. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. <laughs> okay. All right. Until tomorrow, talk to you later. Tech, love, and happiness.